1: Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. The Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the San Francisco 49ers as they head into their Week 6 matchup in the NFL since the Raiders are on bye, and we will look to provide you with all the important information and stats that can help everyone make some money in the betting markets. Now, before we get into the 49ers, a quick recap of what happened last week. Unfortunately, our first losing week here on the show as we ended up going 1-3, as it def- it just wasn't a good week. The Raiders ended up beating the Bears outright, and that game went over. And the 49ers, we were right on the 49ers taking care of business on Monday night, but unfortunately, the game went under the total due to some really sloppy play by the Browns. You had an interception on the one yard line. You had a bunch of missed field goals. Game probably could have argued should have went over, but it didn't either. Or one and three will look to bounce back with a limited card in the uh, week 6 of the NFL. But before we get into the 49ers, I'll quickly recap the Raiders and I'm going to I'm just going to come out and say it. I'd like to apologize to Raiders Nation. I know that a decent amount of the listeners on this podcast are from the Bay Area, if not all of the listeners, and I have been relatively harsh with regard to the Raiders as I thought that injuries to several key pieces including some suspensions to some other pieces would be enough to I don't want to say derail the team, but to prevent this team from having any long-term success. And it appears that I was wrong, as I thought the Raiders would have a pretty below-average year, and they are currently over five hundred. So props to the Raiders. They've definitely looked solid, and I hope that they end up enjoying their bye week as they travel back from London after beating the Bears last week. So hopefully they will be able to continue their winning ways after the bye week in Week 7. However, uh, the 49ers, as we saw uh, last week, were able to take advantage of their bye week as they were able to absolutely destroy the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football when they matched up. And they were able to win that game by a score of 31-3. to In terms of the game this week, they are traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams opened up at minus 4. As a favorite. Now they're currently down to minus three and a half. And the totals in bet up actually by a decent amount as the total originally opened up at 48.5, and, and it is up to 50 and a half in all the betting markets. So based on the line movement, the lines suggest that you should be looking at the 49ers and the over. Uh, in terms of uh, of last week's game with the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo was very solid as he ended up going 20 for 29. He only threw for 181 passing yards, but he did have two touchdowns and no interceptions. So, it's always a big deal when Garoppolo is being used for the most part as a game manager due to the 49ers' willingness to rely on its run string attack, which means that you can't afford to take sacks and you cannot afford to turn the ball over. And overall, Garoppolo did take a couple of sacks, but he did a great job of ball, with ball security, and that was a large reason why the 49ers were able to win by 28 points. Now, in terms of the 49ers ground game, which I have mentioned every single week, it continued its dominance on Monday night, as Matt Breida had 11 carries for 114 yards. He also contributed in the receiving game, and he ended up having two total touchdowns, with one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. He continues to be a great dual threat back and look for him to make uh, to continue making an impact in future weeks to come. Meanwhile, Tevin Coleman finally came off of the injury list, and he was able to provide a much-necessary ne- uh, spark in the backfield, as I can't really say who the starter was. Breida started the game technically, but Coleman did get more carries, so in terms of that, they're kind of a 1A and a 1B combo. But Tevin Coleman, in his first game since the injury, had 16 carries, for 97 yards, and 1 touchdown, so he was great. The team as a whole had 40 carries for 275 yards and two touchdowns. And if you're doing if you're not doing the math at home, that is 6.9 yards per carry, which needless to say is a lot. And look for the 49ers to continue to lean on their rushing attack moving forward. In terms of the receiving core, Uh, George Kittle, tight end, finally got into the end zone. He had six receptions, first 70 receiving yards, and one touchdown. No receiver once again had more than three receptions, as the 49ers have seemed content to spread the wealth around and to mostly target Kittle as their main number one receiver, despite being in the tight end position. In terms of the game itself, though, Kittle, even though he had 70 receiving yards... He looked like the Kittle from last year. He was breaking tackles left and right. A couple of times, he was ta- he was supposed to be tackled short of the line to gain, and he ended up pushing the pile, made a couple of big third-down conversions in the second half, and he looked like a man possessed. Before, the game got out of hand, and they simply just stopped throwing the ball together. But look for Kittle to try to continue playing well against this Rams defense, which has, I don't want to say gotten exposed, but it has given up 30 points in each of the last two weeks. So look for Kittle to try to make another impact and to try to get in the end zone once again as he is the 49ers' biggest threat in the passing game in the red zone. 49ers, as I mentioned before, with Garoppolo, with ball security, that carried over to the entire team. As the 49ers had no turnovers, they simply pinned the Browns deep whenever they punted, dominated the uh, the average field position and they were for each drive, and they were able to let their defense do all the talking as they were able to shut up Baker Mayfield, and they absolutely just, they were fantastic. It was one of the most dominating defensive performances I've seen this season and I expect the 49ers' pass rush and their secondary to continue playing well. However, one issue with the 49ers' play was some sloppy special teams play, particularly in the field goal unit. Robbie Gould is a tremendous kicker. However, there were some issues on several exchanges in terms of the field goals, and Robbie Gould ended up missing three field goals. One was blocked, one in a bad snap, and one went wide right, so that's kind of a trifecta of errors. However, they did finally get it right in the fourth quarter, followed by the Otto Beckham Jr. fumble, and Robbie Gould was able to knock in a 44-yard field goal in the last couple of minutes in the fourth. But one for four from the field goal unit is not acceptable, and they will look to definitely smooth that out over this upcoming week as they will look to uh, correct any mistakes As with the Rams On deck, in this division game, you cannot afford to let nine points go off the wayside, so look for a much uh, smoother operation in terms of field goal kicking moving forward on Sunday. However, in terms of injuries, the 49ers are still banged up, and they actually got even more injuries to worry about now. Joe Staley, Pro Bowl offensive tackle, is still out with a fractured fibula. However, joining him on the injury report is fellow starting tackle Mike McGlinchey, as he is out uh, four to six weeks after undergoing, after undergoing arthroscopic knee surgery. So he got injured on Monday night, and he will be out for the next couple of weeks. In addition to that, fullback Kyle Juicecheck is also out four to six weeks with a knee injury, and he was actually carted off the field in Monday night's game. So four to six weeks sounds bad, but it looked a lot worse in the actual game itself. So what does that mean as a whole? The issue that you run into is that you're missing two starting offensive linemen and your fullback, and use check is huge for the running game, so I have to question on just how efficient this 49ers' rushing attack will be moving forward with those three people out. But that remains to be seen. The Rams' defense has struggled uh, just pretty much in all facets in the last couple of weeks. So one will hope that the 49ers will be able to keep their rushing attack going forward. On the bright side, though, the 49ers' defense was great, as I mentioned before. They had four sacks and they also forced four turnovers. Mayfield ran for his life. Special teams even forced the fumble. Four sacks, You had one intentional grounding on there, and Nick Bosa was absolutely fantastic as he did the flag-planting celebration, which everyone has seen before, and he completely took the game personally after that whole college thing with Mayfield planting the flag at Ohio State when he won, and it appears that Bosa's got a good memory as he absolutely dominated the game from start to finish, and he will look to get to Jared Goff numerous times on Sunday. Now to transition to the Rams... Unlike the 49ers, they actually lost last week as they ended up losing to the Seahawks on the road by a score of 30-29. to However, that game was on Thursday night. Thrilling game. Unfortunately for the Rams, they ended up losing after Greg Zerline missed a potential game-winning field goal with no time remaining. But... Either or, the Rams played on Thursday, so they do have a rest advantage considering the fact that the 49ers did play on Monday and the Rams played on Thursday. So we'll see how much of an impact that has in this game. The Rams on offense, though, were clicking as they had 477 total yards of offense and they averaged 7.1 yards per play against Seattle. So overall, even though the the Rams scored 29 points, they did look good, but at the end of the day, with 477 yards of offense, you probably should end up winning that game, which is a true testament to how poor this defense has been over the last couple of weeks. Jared Goff, starting quarterback last week, went 29 of 49 for 395 passing yards with one touchdown and one interception, and he had a QBR of 62.2. Goff, overall, he looked pretty good. He led the uh, game-winning drive in the fourth quarter before Zerline ended up missing the field goal, so Goff did what he needed to do. He got them into field goal range as he had to try to outduel Russell Wilson, which is borderline impossible, but... Goff's completion percentage wasn't that great, however, he has thrown a ton of passes over the last two weeks, and one has to assume that the Rams will try to focus more on the rushing attack moving forward, as Goff, let me just pull up these stats real, really quickly, over the last two games, Goff has thrown a whopping 117 passes, which is just not sustainable moving forward, so I would expect the Rams to try to I wouldn't say slow the pace down, but I would expect them to try to run the ball a little bit more. Now, in terms of the receiving game, uh, receiver Cooper Cup was great last week in nine catches for 117 receiving yards and one touchdown. He is clearly Jared Goff's favorite target, and props to Cup for returning from a torn ACL last year as he has not lost a step whatsoever, and he continues to look like a potential Pro Bowler a- a represent in the NFC. However, one surprise in the receiving core was tight end Gerald Everett who had 7 catches for 136 yards, and he will look to have a similar impact against the 49ers, especially with Brandon Cooks, who is going to play in this game, but he got a little bit banged up against the Seahawks, and he actually left the game early. So, if he is not at 100%, look for Everett to potentially get more targets moving forward. Running back Todd Gurley in this game had 51 rushing yards and 2 touchdowns on 15 carries, so in a limited work, he didn't average that many yards per carry, but he did... Uh, scored two touchdowns, so he has been productive in the red zone. Look for him to get some goal line work in this game. However, speaking of Gurley, he, however, has been dealing with a quad injury, which has kept him out of practice all week. So one has to wonder just how healthy he is and if he's going to play whatsoever. Uh, In terms of the game itself, it is looking like he will most likely play. However, if he is not going to, then Malcolm Brown will be taking over as the starting running back, and it is expected that rookie... Darrell Henderson is expected to be the change of pace back, assuming that Gurley is not able to go. Even though Gurley has struggled with uh, with injuries the last, I'd say, year or so, and he's dealing with um, some issues with his knees and his quads, he's still a threat and he's something he's a weapon that you have to account for. So if he is not able to go, that could potentially be a big deal for the Rams. And joining him on the injury report is cornerback Akib Talib. As he has not practiced all week due to a rib injury, and he is currently questionable for this game. Even though the Rams' defense has been terrible over the last two weeks, Talib is still a tremendous cornerback, and he has the ability to shut down any receiver when given the opportunity. So if he is unable to go, that will be a big blow to the Rams' secondary. Now, to quickly mention some trends for this game, in terms of the sides, I'm actually kind of torn on who I think will win this game. But in terms of some trends, the over is 5-1 in the last six meetings in Los Angeles, and the over is 4-1 in the last five meetings. So for that reason, I will lean to the over in this game. One thing I forgot to mention earlier, though, the Rams have actually had a very interesting week of practice as they ended up turning their practice into a walkthrough on Thursday as there were roughly 50-mile-an-hour wins uh, all over the Los Angeles area. So instead of practicing, they turned it into a walkthrough as they literally could not throw the ball due to the winds. So one has to wonder... If that'll make any impact on some of the timing, I doubt it. It's probably good for the team considering the injuries they are dealing with, but they did have one less full day of practice due to some extremely windy conditions. So that is something to look for if, the, if their offense appears to be out of sync in the early going of this game. In terms of the prediction, though, I know some 49ers fans might hate me, and I've been undefeated with my 49ers predictions this year, but I will actually be taking the Rams here, uh, and I, my prediction for the score will be 30-23 to 23 in favor of Los Angeles. So in terms of the game, I like the Rams minus 3.5, and, and I like the over 50.5. Uh, based on the game itself, this line doesn't make any sense to me. I know why money has come in on San Francisco, and I understand why this line has gone from 4 to 3.5, but at the same point, I really feel like the Rams have just looked terrible the last two weeks, and I'm not sure why they're favored in this game, so I feel like somebody knows something, It's one of those lines where I don't really understand it, but I'm not going to go against it because I have faith in Sean McVay. And I definitely think that the rest advantage will pay a huge, will pay huge dividends for the Rams. I mentioned it a lot in the report last week how the 49ers had a bye then ended up playing on Monday night, so they got an extra day to prepare. And Cleveland had to play last week, and San Francisco just looked completely rested, and they completely dominated Cleveland. I'm not saying it's going to be to that extent, But the Rams did play on Thursday, and the 49ers are coming in off a short week on Monday. I think that's a huge advantage for the Rams. I think the Rams should prepare a solid game plan. Gurley, do I think he's going to play? I think he will, but I think he'll play sparingly. I think Malcolm Brown's actually a very good backup running back, and Henderson is a little bit of a question mark, as he has not really played at all in his rookie season, but he is a very dynamic playmaker who has the ability to take any single touch to the crib, as he did in college at Memphis, and he was absolutely tremendous, so overall, I think even if Gurley is not going to play, I think the four, I think the 49ers could potentially struggle dealing with Goff and all the weapons that the Rams have, but the main issue that I have with the 49ers, though, is going to be on their offense, I just question all the people that they lost on their offensive line and in their backfield, with Juszczyk, as well as McGlinchey and Staley, Staley's been out for a couple of weeks, but still, you lose that many key pieces on your offensive line and in your backfield. I question just how efficient your run blocking is going to be, especially against the likes of Aaron Donald. I wouldn't be surprised to see Donald create some havoc in the backfield. I think 49ers are going to throw the ball more, and Goff, based on the fact that they haven't been able to run the ball yet efficiently this season, I expect it to be bombs away. I know the 49ers have a very solid pass rush, which could get to Goff, but the Rams like to run a I don't want to say a West Coast system, but they definitely love to get the ball out quickly and to try to get their receivers in space to create some opportunities uh, after the catch. So, in terms of the total, I think it is high, but I think it's high for a reason. I'm also questioning the total and why it's been bet up due to the injuries and everything like that. Based on how the Rams' defense has performed, I have to lean to the over. And in terms of the game itself, I think it'll be close, but I'll take the Rams at home with the extra rest and the extra layoff so for that reason, I will be think I will be taking the Rams minus three and a half. And the over 50 and, a half, and those are my thoughts on the 49ers' Week Six matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, if you want to hear more about the 49ers exclu- exclusively, though, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the Believe in 49ers podcast, Force of Habit, there, uh, hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, quick reminder: if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe podcast on Twitter, and you can also find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. And since I mentioned it before and I forgot to mention it now, I mentioned it before accidentally, if you want to hear more about the Raiders on their bye week and how they plan on preparing to move forward, uh, you can Believe has you covered as well. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys for victory for the Raiders in the upcoming weeks ahead. But other than that, though, that's going to do for this installment of Betting Bay Area here on Thursday, October 10th. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.